0: As entrepreneurs, we are out there trying to make a huge difference. And the one thing that we know is the more we can move from one to one to one to many with whatever message, whatever passion, the purpose we have in life and to inspire people to action so that they have a better life, we can do exceptionally well. And I've got a fellow entrepreneur who is a remarkable individual. Everyone knows his products, if you, you've been around for a little bit at all. And uh, he is in the fit, fitness space, he has st- got his start, and I'm gonna let him tell his backstory on this. But I, I just want you to know that he is, he has generated from his first big product over $100 million in sales. So this is a remarkable ind- individual who is a fellow entrepreneur. He's a fitness guru, he's extremely talented, and he's one of these, approaching my age, not quite there yet, but he's an older guy in the sense of, we think of all these young entrepreneurs out there who is reinventing himself along the way. And I wanted him on this podcast to share with you so that you can see how you can reinvent yourself and continue with your passion your message but make a huge difference in the world, and by doing well, by your clients, you get to do well. I'm John Bowen, you're at AES Nation, all about accelerating your success. Stay tuned for this remarkable entrepreneur. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESnation.com. Don Brown, I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us.
1: Hey, thank you. This is awesome, especially that I'm actually on a podcast with a person that's interviewing who's older than me. I'm so used to these, (laughs) these young guys that I deal with all the time.
0: No, I I do a lot of interviews on the other side too. And I I don't think I've ever had anybody older than me interview me now that you say that. (laughs) So, uh, this is kind of a young guy sport. And one of the things you and I are going to talk about is it doesn't need to be, I mean, this is, if you have a message you're passionate, uh, you know, before we turned on the camera, we talked about a mutual friend, uh, Dan Sullivan, who is in his early 70s and has a 25-year plan. I mean, he sat his company down of over 100 employees and said, uh, "At 70, mm-hmm. I'm not retiring. I'm, I've got this plan. I've got this passion. I want to continue as long as that my health lets me." And he's planning on living to well over 100. So I don't know what the next 25-year plan, but we are here. To, Don, you know, you've done some remarkable things and, and I, there's so many life lessons uh, just really doing background because we, we didn't meet. We were referred uh, by some of my friends over at uh, Joe Polish's Genius Network. And I'd love to get the backstory because the second you know, I kind of check, started checking you out, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I didn't buy your piece of equipment. Um, that you sold a hundred million dollars worth, but I definitely <laughs> saw it many times. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure my wife did buy it though. So you got a sale in the household here, but I'd love to get kind of the background of how, you know, when none of us start out usually saying, we're going to be an entrepreneur at three uh, type thing, you know, a little bit of backstory, and then, you know, walk through some of the lessons here, because this is going to be, you're, you're just finishing a crowdsourcing uh, campaign that I, every one of us as entrepreneurs wants to know about but let's start at the beginning
1: sure this is great so okay so as we know I'm 57 years old and I did you know grew up in a family where it was like get a job please get through high school first get a job and stay with that job till you get a pension and retire and I did that for nine and a half years I worked in a supermarket right out of high school in fact, I barely finished my senior year, three classes, go to go to work, and then eventually got the full time job. So it was there. I said, you know, I need to make more money. And the one thing that I was passionate about was fitness. From the time I was 10 years old, I watched Jack Lane on TV and my mother would watch him doing his little kicking and jumping on his chair. Anyway, I was passionate about fitness, always wanted to stay in shape, push up contests, pull ups. I was the kid in high school that could do all that stuff. But um, it was after, you know, getting that job, cutting meat. And realizing I'm gonna do this the rest of my life and then we went on strike nine and a half years in six months I had a pension we had a big strike I'm walking around with a picket sign making $40 a week and it was there I took a part-time job at a fitness center and it was from that point and then eventually that fitness center was gonna go out of business and here I am made a good decision right so I quit that job walked away from a pension had 40 grand in the bank dumped it all into fitness machines, took over this failing fitness center. It was a Jack lane fitness center of all things, right? Anyway, so it was there that I started my whole entrepreneurial drive, 1986, worked 100 hours a week, you know, made all sorts of deals with members to keep the cash flowing and keep that place afloat, and it finally worked. I had that for 20 years, but it was during that time when I had an idea that was basically to help one of my members who had hurt their neck and it was to create a way that they could do crunches or sit-ups. So I sat there at my desk one day playing with a paper clip. Let me stop
0: you just for a second, Don, because this is an important story and I, I hate to interrupt. But one of the things, you know, I just want to point out, I mean, starting in 86, I'm a financial guy. And I do remember 1986, uh, Ronald Reagan, tax reform, and then... The start, you know, so you bought and you were the guy that caused the stock market to go down, the economy to go down in 87. So, I mean, a lot of us as entrepreneurs think, you know, to survive that initial start, all we've got to do is, you know, just have a good period. But you, you not only, you know, life is timing, the timing was not. A, I'm, I'm thinking that was even a more challenging time to start the uh, business uh, than uh, usual.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean. Like I said, you know, I had a little nest egg just from working so much, and, um, and it was that little nest egg, you know, and I just ignored what was around me and just focused on what I had to do. You know, it was about keeping those doors open. I had members that were happy. They were working out. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was tough times, but, again, it's just about focused, sold my trucks. I mean, I got rid of everything I had to survive, you know, and and it worked. Well, Um, the
0: the thing that I love so much, Don, about what you've been doing, and this is one we can all relate to, because I can remember at least one or two tough times in my long, I'm 61, yeah, many more than mm -hmm. one or two tough times. And, you know, what you did, and I think this is something that's so important for all of us, is to observe how we can solve problems. And... Why don't you really, because, I mean, you turned around your career. I mean, starting out in the grocery store, the meat cutter and all that. And all of a sudden now Mm -hmm. you're a big time entrepreneur. Uh, How what was that transition there? I'm sure it was a straight line.
1: Well, as I as I had mentioned, um, when we spoke earlier. I am a big believer in education. I've been an Earl Nightingale fan from way back. And if your listeners have never, which I'm sure they have, Listen to Earl Nightingale's "The Strangest Secret." The whole concept of you become what you think about, and and even before I had that health club, when I worked there part time, I would always imagine myself at that desk, running the show, and here the place goes out of business, and I end up taking it over and buying it. So to me, it's that focus constantly on what I want, not what's going on around me. You know, even during the you know the whole ab roller. You know, it, when I invented the ab roller, as we talked yeah, earlier.
0: Uh, yeah. And tell, tell us how we, you did that, because, you know, it, it, you know, was there one night you woke up with a brilliant idea and go out and sell a hundred million dollars of it?
1: Uh, I mean, during that time, as you said, things were tough. But the one thing about when, when the, uh, the economy's rough, people stay home. They watch television. TV infomercials were at the height. If people watch TV infomercials. They buy stuff back in, in that time. So that was 1994, and I was trying to solve a problem with a client who had a neck injury, so I wanted to create some kind of support system, and I was just thinking and bending a paper clip in the shape of a rocking chair. I held that thing up, and my, uh, my office manager walked in, and I said, this is gonna make me a millionaire. And she said, what's that? <laughs> said, this is a paper clip. And no lie, I bent that, I went to Home Depot, bought a piece of pipe, bent it in the shape of that little rocking chair, Put it on the floor. It worked perfectly. And next thing I know, thousands of my members were like, this is so cool. I want to get one. I want to get one. And then from there, I mean, the story, oh, my God, you want to talk about the hard times and the rough times. You know, I went to a trade show to the fitness industry to showcase my idea just to validate. Right. This is the we talked about earlier. This is the modern day crowdfunding. But this is live at a big trade show. You spend five thousand dollars to get a booth and everything. My booth was the busiest booth at that trade show, at Club Industry. But little did I know, it wasn't just the club owners and the fitness people that were loving it, it was the knockoff artists. It was the people who steal ideas. And they see something hot, and the next thing I know, I was knocked off. I mean, when you talk about the most stressful time in my life, 27 people were copying my product. I had 27 lawsuits going on at one time. And the money going out was just-
0: had you you know done any of the uh uh protection the intellectual property type thing patents and that at that time or you know how yeah. obviously you've learned a lot because you've written books about it but right you know how did you get up to speed on that uh process okay.
1: so one of my members and the great thing about owning a health club Right, is you have access to every trade in the world. I had lawyers, accountants, you know, contractors, you name it. But one of my uh, members was the technical director at the USGA, golf academy. So he had, you know, a lot of background in understanding patents. So he hooked me up with a patent attorney. Said you have to file your patent. You got to put your little TM on there for the trademark, and you have to do all this. So I did everything that they told me to do before I showed it to the world. Had people sign non-disclosures. You know exactly what I teach today. I pretty much did back then, you know, this is way pre-internet and, um, you know, even if you do everything right, you know, the belief is, oh, I have a patent, it's going to protect me. No, a patent is a piece of paper that gives you the right to spend millions of dollars suing people (laughs) and hoping they're going to pay up someday, you know, so that was, that was probably the toughest part of, you know, my career was knowing I hit a home run and that I can't collect anything. And then the patent office lost my patent application, and it, you know you can't sue people until your patent issues, till it's published, mm-hmm. and that that was a nightmare. I mean, talk about that was more stressful than starting my health club, you know, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a long battle, uh, years, uh, millions of dollars spent in litigation. Now, fortunately, we made a lot more. But um, let me tell you, that was that was the hardest thing to see other people making money off of my idea. And I couldn't do a thing about it because patents take a you know, year and a half, two years to issue.
0: Yeah. Don, what would you tell your fellow entrepreneurs, you know, as we're we're talking today? How what would you tell them to do, knowing what you know now through that experience, as well as you know, how the world's <laughs> changed a bit uh, to deal with the intellectual property side of this?
1: You know what's neat, John is I meet a lot of people my age, your age, who have ideas. You know, a lot of the in the garage tinkerers and the and then and, and a lot of people who run their own companies and are too busy. They have ideas for products and they don't know what to do. So my advice to them is, you know, now the laws have changed obviously to where you can fill out a provisional application, but I spend very little money protecting that idea until I know that people really want to buy it because you can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on you know, prototyping, manufacturing, patent protection all over the world for a dumb idea, right? So to me, the, the the biggest message I think I can share with people is, you know, protect it, which you can now very inexpensively, right, with a provisional patent application. Then crowdfunding, you know, we'll get into that I know shortly, but that's it. Validate the idea, you know, and if you have that provisional in place, you validate it, you know, that gives you the window. But the focus to me is isn't about trying to sue people or stop. Focus on being first out, best dressed. Do your best to build that beautiful product with a great story, quality marketing. If you can win the market share out of the gate, you know, that's, that's how you play the game. And if I went back to do that ab roller over again, that's exactly what I would have done. I would have plowed my money instead of litigation into marketing and we would have owned that category. In fact, the ab roller wasn't my original name. It's one of the, it's the biggest one I sued that I won and I won all the rights and the trademark and everything else, you know? So so it's really about that. First out, best dressed, focus on marketing, but you know, do your IP protection if there's something worth protecting there. You know, so you well, have to have something. You know? I
0: think there's so many pearls of wisdom in what you're saying and uh, you know, I mean, marketing, I mean, particularly with all the outlets you know what we as entrepreneurs want to do is you know, we have ideas we can protect it through you know working with our intellectual property attorneys and you know it's pretty straightforward how to do that and it's you know it's not overly expensive or i mean it is time consuming the long delay but it's you know you can do that you can file it you can put the flag in the ground if you will but then you know one of the key things that we You know, there's a lot of ideas out there that aren't good. (laughs) I mean, you can get really excited about it and everything else. And but going out and getting that market feedback is so invaluable. And I mean, I can remember uh, I've always been in the professional service side. Uh, Don, but, you know, going when we were coming up with new financial service products, going to the trade shows. And I mean, I used to hate them because it is right. hanging out you know, for, for everybody's been to them, either as a vendor or as a, uh, a ta- attendee. But, you know, that was the way we did it. And now, I mean, I love, uh, as a matter of fact, I want to put on the screen uh, 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 the Kickstarter campaign you're doing now. Oh great! And uh, this is one you will know, we'll be finished. Unfortunately, when we post it, but I do want to point out that you're you're a little ahead of your twenty thousand dollar goal. <laughs> and uh, as a matter of fact, when I looked at it, you know, when I was doing research, your background on it, I looked at it, watched this video, and said, you know what, this is pretty cool. I gotta have one of these too. So I was one of your mm-hmm. earlier pledgers along the way. But what I love, and I wondered when, I, you know, when we were going to talk, I thought you were using this as, to me, this is like the cheapest research platform there is, uh, putting right. it out. But there's a lot of nuances in crowdfunding. It's not that, oh, I got a great idea, I'm going to put it out, and you know, the world's going to come to yeah. me uh, type thing. At least most of my friends who have tried that have failed.
1: What did you
0: learn about getting the market feedback in today's world?
1: Well, as I said, John, I spent about a year and a half, two years studying crowdfunding. Because to me, it's the modern day infomercial, right? The old TV infomercials, that audience is dying because they don't have to watch commercials anymore. So, you know, it's a way for you to create a video a show and to show the world an idea and see if they respond. And there's a huge audience, roughly about 3 million people right now that love to back new ideas and new projects. You know, these are called super backers on Kickstarter. So there's about three million of them that are all around the world that are looking for the next cool gizmo gadget, sort of like the early adopters, right, in the the product, product life cycle. So these people are out there and they're ready to jump on ideas if they're cool enough and they really believe in it and you tell your story good. But what I learned from, you know, the research I did prior to is you can't just show up on a platform the product prototype and shoot a little video and expect people to all of a sudden back it because there's four to five thousand projects running on Kickstarter every day so yours is at the bottom unless you have an early surge so the magic is to gather a good list of people friends family members or just through running some Facebook ads doing some testing running to some images of your product getting people to at least be familiar with it so you can start to build that audience because if you can come into the crowdfunding platform on day one with a huge surge, you go from that low four or 5,000 person on the bottom of the pile all the way up top. This is popular. Look, people like this. Now you're in front of those super backers. You're in front of those people that are scanning Crowd to Kickstarter and Indiegogo all the time looking for the next exciting thing. Those people understand how it works. Totally it. different, right? Than well, buying from- I
0: wanna, cause I don't, I wouldn't consider my soup as a super backer, but I would count myself as somebody who spends a fair amount of money on Kickstarter. So right. I think I probably do qualify. I hadn't thought of that. I had, didn't know that term uh, down, but you know, it's, you, there's so many people that like the next shiny thing and you know, I'll go on it. I don't go on a Kickstarter that often cause I have a bad habit, but when I do, <laughs> what I do is I look at the backers or, you know, anybody I know and if, it, or the projects that are winning, like one of the things I found pretty interesting down on yours that not only you know it was clear that you were winning right in the beginning. And I didn't know you then and didn't know how you did it, but I, I, I found a video that you did telling people how to buy. Oh, you know, <laughs> well, that for is so funny! And Thanks. I just did a quick search on YouTube, and it showed up. And what was kind of interesting, you were showing the second day uh after the launch and this is when i knew you knew what you were doing is you had already surpassed your twenty thousand dollar goal and you know how could anybody not want to jump on this you know if you had any interest in doing another exercise or plank or having the the great abs that Mm -hmm. every one of your uh models had uh of course you wanted to do this, and, and, and I think if you're going to use crowdsourcing, it's a great tool, but you can't count on Kickstarter or Indiegogo or any of the other platforms to bring people to you. You first have to deliver to them when, you know, pass your goal or be real close to it, that you now start showing up. That's what I'm hearing you say. Is that, you know, what you really did?
1: Yeah, that's that's correct. And, and some of the key mistakes that people make is they put a goal, you know, minimum goal too high. I've seen because they do the math and they say, OK, wow, to do the tooling and everything I'm going to need to manufacture this product, if they even do that. Right. Most people don't even figure out the math and they just guess. But if you do the math and say, OK, what am I going to need to do this? And it it's a big number. Let's say it's one hundred thousand dollars. Right. That's going to scare some people away. If it's a first-time project that you've ever done, because they don't know who you are, you haven't. This isn't your second or third. And by the way, the the second and third, as you see, like Pebble Watch, you know, they they get a lot of momentum because they have a following and a trust factor that they're going to deliver. But to me, you know, I've been doing this my whole life. My partner on this, Howie, uh, as well. You know, he's been involved in several projects and entrepreneurial ventures, and we've both been pretty successful. So our backgrounds alone gave the credibility that we're going to deliver.
0: I I want to stop there just for a second, because you did a risk reversal, you know, using kind of the marketing term. When I I looked at um, your question, your frequently asked questions, one of the things you did, you know, everybody worries. And I have bought a few things on Kickstarter that have never come, nor have I gotten a refund uh, along the way. And, you know, you always wonder when you do that, whether it's going to happen. Well, with your success and your partner's success, you kind of had just a single line a relatively short line on that. It's like, oh, of course, this is going to work. Type, And I think that's so important.
1: Yeah, very, very important that you remove, you're saying the risk for the person who's going to back you, that you have enough knowledge and credibility that you, you know, definitely understand a process, right? But um, what you had said, uh, that video you found, which is pretty exciting to me because the one thing I learned from these young guys was that you can't go market fitness people on Facebook. They don't know what crowdfunding is. They go, what do you mean? I know what crowdfunding is. They don't know. And they'll get there and they'll freak out because they don't know what a pledge is. They just want to go to Amazon and buy the thing. They don't have a clue that they have to wait for it. So I did that quick video and it's amazing to me that a lot of people were watching it and hopefully, Those people that were, you know, not familiar with crowdfunding got enough education to realize this is a great way to get a fantastic deal on a product that, you know, 80% of the time is going to get delivered. I think Kickstarter still says about 20% of their projects that people don't fulfill. And it's not that they're thieves. They don't understand how to manufacture. They run out of money. They get burned by a factory, you know, and, and weird things happen. You know, that's... That's not well,
0: good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and I mean, that's, and that's part of it. I think when you've never manufactured something, you know, I think of the guys who did the water cooler, the eight, I think it was eight oh. million or something in the disaster because it was yeah. a great marketing campaign, but nobody knew how to do anything and hadn't lined it up. And, uh-huh. you know, on the other side, you know, I mean, it's just, you can make some, some mistakes here that can be a little fatal and you don't want to do that. But, you know, one of the other things when I was doing the search, on that you had lined up, it looked like, or some PR along the way, too, and uh, in, in spots that were people who are going to be likely to want to use, there was kind of the tech guys and the fitness guys, I saw that kind of combination, maybe describe how you did that mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yeah, again, studying Kickstarter early on, you know, um, I've realized that there's several components. Getting that first list, friends, family members, and people, you know, engaged through Facebook that you could sort of pre-educate that you're going to be launching it. That's the one group. The second group is PR. If you can get a reputable organization talking, you know, great, you know, things about your new idea, the people who follow that podcast or Huffington Post or one of these big tech crunch People follow that, you know, and they have that, like I said, it's at risk reversal. There's a trust in that this product's going to come through if this group is highlighting it. The downside, if you don't have samples, you miss out on a lot of press. And that is one of our biggest hurdles because this product has a very expensive tooling cost. So we handmade, had these machined out of aluminum for the prototype. So these are four thousand dollar <laughs> prototypes, which um, you're not going to be sending around to a bunch of uh, journalists. So so you do you know, don't get the press that you you would want um, without having samples. So we did, you know, we, we, we hired a PR firm that had a reach that could help us, you know, at least get the initial word out. And it worked fine. Um, and then the other thing, um, John, is the the engine the project where if you look at the stats. I don't know if you follow kick track have you followed Kick Track uh, at all?
0: You no, know, uh, I quite honestly I wasn't aware of it. You know this is one of the reasons we do podcasts. Is it's you know, all of us are learning on this. It's your, a lifelong journey. Your
1: listeners, your listeners are going to love Kick Track because Kick Track is um, it's a great um, you know tool for following the daily revenue and product you know charts of how a product's doing and predicting the trend and where it's going to end up. So if you go to kick track, it's T-R-A-Q, I believe, um, and just type in stealth, you'll notice the last 10, 12 days of my campaign have spiked through the roof. And what happens is, as I said, these super backers, they want this project, but they've been following it. They're not ready to jump in yet. And there's a couple of marketing companies out there that understand that. And if you partner up with these marketing companies one of them is the um, one we're using is called jellup these guys will come in they know exactly and not only do they have Facebook accounts and lists of all these super backers they create ads running on Facebook and they can turn a 10 to 1 a 15 to 1 and 8 to 1 for every dollar you spend they'll drive that much revenue in right at the end of your campaign because they know these super backers have to have your product they don't want to miss out So they just feed it in their Facebook pages like crazy, and and then you monitor. You know, we we've locked in, so we want a return of at least five to one, or we're you know we're gonna. Let me just flash
0: on the screen uh, what we're talking about here, because I just pulled it up. Uh, Kick track, you can see here, and if you're in a car uh, or you know working out, even better. Uh, you know just go to AES Nation get the show notes you'll get the you can get the transcript of everything that Don and I've talked about as well as you can uh, download any of the connections here but you can see it's ending the time we're doing the recording it's ending on Saturday and you're currently 15 uh, 179 percent of your pledge and uh, you know it's pretty amazing that they have this and I, I can see that you know People, now I got another one, I can look to see what's kind of hot and the whole thing.
1: Right, because that does several things. If you can drive fresh traffic in, you move up in the rankings under Kickstarter, popular, right? You move high in the category, if this in gadgets or technology. You move up top, and that's what? You're right in front of the super backers. And they see this thing's hot, they want in. You know, it's an addictive thing. You know, it's almost like I think the, the, the grandma's watching QVC, you know? They're there looking for cool stuff, and when it's put up right in front of them, they gotta have it, you know. And and that's that's how the game's played, uh, at least on these crowdfunding platforms. So so we're pretty excited. I mean, you know, I'm very happy. I I think we'll we'll hit over that three hundred thousand dollar mark. And um, I don't know what it's at in the last hour or so. Three
0: hundred fifteen right now. So perfect. (laughs) Sixteen, as we actually just went to. So, That's fantastic. yeah, I mean, this is pretty amazing. Don, I want to go to resources in a second where they can reach out and, you know, talk with you um, or get any of the tools or how they can you know, follow what you're doing. But, you know, anything else on crowdsourcing? Because this is one of those things. I mean, I'm sure you've talked with many fellow entrepreneurs and it's kind of sexy. Um, and, you know, we think that. We should be doing it, but, you know, it's still a very small percentage of the people that are doing, you know, using this. And um, well, I, you know, what would you do? And then what I want to do is ask you the follow up question. Now that you've had the success, what are you going to do with this product? But let's any advice for fellow entrepreneurs that are trying to they're thinking, geez, I want to do this, but uh, you know, I don't know what I'm doing type thing.
1: Yeah, well, again. The reason I did this was, one, to completely understand it and learn it so that I can teach it. So I will be doing that this year on a website called inventwow.com. Right now it's just a placeholder for email, I believe, um, if it's even up yet. But it'll be a website called inventwow.com where I'll be, um, you know, educating, helping people do it. But basically anyone, especially guys our age who are a little, you know, not so tech up on every new little app that comes out
0: all the research put the page up just for a second too and it is right now if you want to sign up to you know really keep track of what don is doing you can go to inventwow.com and again we'll have that link and if you're on the video podcast you can see the page but uh, I'm sorry to interrupt I just want to make sure everybody got that Don. but continue kind of the journey you're doing here
1: okay so so there are plenty of resources. Like I spent the last year and a half understanding and learning it. And um, you know, the the most important thing is that there's there's probably ten or fifteen companies now that are specializing in crowdfunding videos. Turnkey. I've seen them as low as two thousand dollars. They'll take your prototype and they'll create a crowdfunding video for you. And I've seen them as high as thirty thousand dollars. You know. So again, just like anything you're involved in financial markets, you've got to be a little savvy and 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 sit and say, okay. You know what what route should I go who should I pick but the bottom line is the resources are out there there's plenty of people that'll set up your page for you you know but Kickstarter is pretty easy the one thing about these platforms is the average person can go in and get it set up but there's a lot of people especially these young people who you know because they can easily throw up a quick website they can get your page set up but if, if the one bit of advice I would give people that I did I went in and I searched for products that are in fitness, gadget, wellness, gaming, technology. And I went through and watched every video. And I wrote down the scripts word for word. I looked at the timing of every script. I looked at the pictures underneath the video. And I basically built a model for myself. And it's no different to me than what I used to do in the TV infomercial world, right? The TV infomercial world, as we know, is, you know, it's, it's uh, agitate, right? Problem solution and it's here's the big you know the aha moment and here's the uh, call to action so a crowdfunding video isn't quite like direct response in the sense that you want them to buy into you your concept your idea and that's what happens. so again there's producers that do these now there's a there's a couple great ones out there you know um, there's a maximum video we used out in california great resource um, there's another one called We Make Videos. She's I think in Tennessee, and she's very very affordable. And there's several other ones. But you know, even if you take a videographer, I mean, I've seen people shoot a whole video with their iPhone. And if the product's you know wow enough, that's the whole concept with invent wow, right? You got to have a wow idea, something that separates you from you know what's out there, and you deliver the story in a compelling way. Uh, it's amazing what can happen. I mean, one project I'll talk about briefly is the. Uh, the better back. I don't know if you've seen that product out there, better back, but she crushed it with a back support device that was around for 30 years. She just rebranded it with a different name, told a better story, no patents, nothing. And that product crushed it because, you know, again, people who are in front of a computer all day long, back issues are a problem. (laughs) Sometimes if you're sitting or standing, you know, so, so again, it, you know, like I said, Crowdfunding is not for every product out there, but for the majority of them, you can definitely learn a lot, you know.
0: Well, and, and Don, tell me what, okay, this is not the end of the journey, Kickstarter. I mean, this campaign, what are you going to do with this uh, product going forward?
1: Well, here's the neat thing, which, which um, sort of become the new model, is if you start on Kickstarter, there's an automatic transition over to Indiegogo. So we're going to be transferring over to Indiegogo, which means you'll still be able to get a discounted price for the next 60 days while we manufacture this product and bring it to life. So it's called Indiegogo On Demand. Now, you can also start an Indiegogo and launch your product to that audience. You know, we chose Kickstarter just because of the tech community and Kickstarter was first. And it's one of the sites I just spent a lot of time learning on. But um, which I think that's really neat. You know, Indiegogo has opened himself up and say, hey, you know, what, your product's not made yet. You might as well. Keep collecting um, pre-orders from our audience too, because I look at Indiegogo and and Kickstarter like kind of Mac and PC. You know, it's like like one or the other, and um, they're two different groups. But um, I've seen a lot of success, so you know I'm expecting we'll probably get close to four or five hundred thousand just in pretty much organic um, exposure on Indiegogo.
0: And tell me where you, I mean, and, uh, quite honestly, I didn't know the on-demand thing, so I, I love that idea. And then. Um you know, where are you going to go from here? Okay, you got 500,000 in sales. I mean, there's, you know, I, I used to be in the investment banking, you know, on the edge of VC money, I'm going, geez, there's a proof of concept here, obviously. And, you know, so you don't stop, right? You're going to continue to do something with this.
1: You know, let's say in the last 20 some years, I created the ab roller. I also created the ab coaster. I don't know if you've studied that, that the current company that I'm a partner in is called the Abs Company. So we sell commercial ab machines to health clubs all over the world through the Abs Company. Um, so to me, the plank, which you know, this idea for the stealth came to a, from a good friend of mine who was in the fitness business and he got into a couple other uh, really good entrepreneurial ventures and did very, very well. But anyway, the two of us teamed up to make the plank exercise non-boring, right? So the plank is considered one of the best core exercises because it not only supports your back, your core, your every abdominal muscle, your legs, your shoulders, and it takes less than three minutes. If you were to do one exercise every day to keep your posture, your balance, your, you know, to eliminate the whole back issues and to have that firmer, flat stomach or at least create awareness on the fact that your belly is the single most important thing regarding your overall health. You have a big bulging belly, chances are you're not healthy. And you know, if you focus on your core, and that's what the plank does. So we wanted to make it fun, because traditionally sitting in a plank, static plank and just sitting there for two minutes to three minutes is painful. You don't even want to look at your phone. So we we noticed well, that and said-
0: well, I know what I do, I just think about how much I hate this exercise and, exactly. and how long, you know, the time is gonna be here.
1: So the cool thing is, That we are going after a small new niche market so before I would sell you know TV infomercials mass consumer market to retail stores everywhere and then there's the health club market right commercially sell the health clubs all over which this product will work in health clubs as well but our goal is to Focus on the little minimal things you can do, you know, hence the name Stealth, right? Stealth is about sneaking fitness into your daily routine. So we have a full line of products that are going to combine the concept of a simple device combined with your smartphone, the thing you have, that brain you carry around in your hand all day long. We want to put that to good use so that it's going to help you get in shape by doing these short little, you know, brief little exercises. So we have a bunch of things. So, you know, what are we doing from here? Once we get the tooling done, and our goal is to make it in the U.S., and we're still working on that to get the numbers right, and then we're going to go direct to consumer, and we'll probably be on Amazon, possibly Jet as well, but that's pretty much it. We're not gonna really go the traditional retail route. You know, it's one route I have to say I don't like. I mean, it was great in the infomercial days when they were calling, begging for the hot product on TV, but they run the ship, and they control everything. And I like going direct to consumers, you know, build that community. And, you know, with the app download, now we can feed people, you know, um, all the other things they need to know. Health, nutrition, everything that we can gain by getting people to focus on their core. So that's what stealth is all about. It's about sneaking fitness in. So we're going to launch a separate, you know, company um, just based on that concept of the simple things you can do right where you are now, at work, right? You can have a style trainer at work. You don't have to get undressed. You don't have to run to the gym. But there's great things that can come out of doing these short little bouts of exercise. So you know, to answer your question, that's what SELF is going to do. We're going to revolutionize the health of people by saying, look, just put three minutes into this workout. And when they do that, they'll feel great. But also, they're going to get more great information, tips, and short little things they can do you know to change the course of their health for the better because hey 57 look <laughs> we're getting oh, yeah. up there and you know it I mean your chances of disease and bad things after the age of 50 you skyrocket. so
0: well and you the can... one thing I look at Don, too is that if you can keep yourself healthy in the next 15 years with all the medical research I mean the oh. ability to live to a hundred uh with a high quality life is just increasing dramatically so I mean tools like this are just so invaluable. Let me go over. I want to cover kind of the key takeaways that I got out of this. And uh, they they are numerous. And so thank you, uh, Don. This has been really Mm -hmm. valuable. I mean, you know, one of the things, none of us, all our fellow entrepreneurs, none of us go in a straight line. And we need to be opportunistic. And the opportunities show up so often in the perfect storm when something isn't right. And, you know, that's we just need to be able to do it. And today it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur because doing, you know, the tele, uh, commercials, you know, the, you know, spending all the money that you had to do to market these infomercials, uh, you know, a huge difference. Now, you know, we can really keep things very lean and test. We want to be very clear on intellectual property. Uh, you want to do it in a, a way to protect it, but you're you're never going to make money. I, mean, I have had that same experience. Uh, the uh, you can you can do a lot of uh, cease and desist letters. You can send lawsuits mm-hmm. and all that. You spend a lot of money. If you put it in marketing, you can dominate. So you know, be be that rising star that everybody wants to be around success. One of the best ways is to use these crowdsourcing. If you're going to do a product, get it out there. And test it, but make sure that you've got a list that's active that is going to be aligned with that whatever your solution so you can get it a success. You know, price work with somebody. I mean Don's got a great experience. you know go to his website inventwild.com mm. and you know whoever you use as a coach, don't try to do this alone. there's mm. too much value in it. Get you know proven players who can do it don't need to spend a lot of money and then test the market. And what I, I love about you know, what Don's done is he, he proved out the concept. You can hear his passion on the fitness side. And then you know, he extended it with the PR. He's now going and extending it one more time as a campaign, campaign's ending in India go then gonna make it available on the online platforms, maybe Amazon and Jet, but think of the product life's uh line, you know the long-term uh client value for each one and what i really love is you're building a tribe a community whatever term we use that you can communicate with now and work with them to have much more you know a healthy lifestyle so they can live a long and great quality of life don i i really appreciate yeah. this time uh, i want to wish you the best of success remind everybody i've got you know, our website, AESNation.com, you can get the transcript, all the links that Don and I talked about. And, and uh, you know, use these, go out and take action, and you will make a big difference. Don, anything before we wrap it up here?
1: Well, the one thing I just wanted to say when you're talking about the whole uh, testing, testing, right before you do your crowdfunding campaign, you could do a little Facebook test for about $200. And you can validate that people will even want it on crowdfunding. So there is even a pretest for that test. But it's, you know, again, just Facebook is so powerful to do these little well, things. this
0: is mm. uh, two older white guys telling you to use <laughs> Facebook. I spend probably about $500 a day now, and I'm working up to about $1,000 a day on Facebook and, you know, on that marketing and advertising. I just find it to be extremely effective. And, and my two businesses are financial advisors, a very high end, uh, and affluent individuals. And you wouldn't think that's going to be the group. And it's, it's just, it works. Uh, and it's a great way of proving our concept. So your current clients slash customers, your future customers and clients are all counting on you. Don't let them down, go out and download Don's information, go sign up for his mailing list and go take action on all this. You'll be glad you did. Go out and make a difference. Exceptional, remarkable breakthrough. AESnation.com.